What's up, guys? Welcome to the latest edition of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined as always by Zach Coleman. But today we have a special guest, the local bracketologist of Senior Quotes, Colin Quinn. Colin in from South Bend. Let's go. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you guys for having me on the pod. As always, it's an honor to catch up with both of you and talk sports. There's nothing I love more than talking sports with you two. Well, that's all we want to hear, and that's Likewise. what we're planning on doing Likewise. today. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this is something that we had wanted to do. Usually we get you in for brackets and everything going into college right, basketball. Right. Sucks that college basketball fell during midterms and everything with school right now. Um, so a little more difficult, but we are here now right before the Sweet 16. We're ready to preview that and take a look back at the brackets and how they went overall. Um, so, Colin, right off the bat, who did you have as your early choice to Ooh. maybe win it all? Okay. So I had Baylor. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I love Gonzaga, obviously, you know, they're kind of, everyone's on that train for good reason. Jalen Suggs is awesome. I've kind of uh, admittedly underestimated uh, their big men. Uh, Tim A's kind of performances so far. Cause I kind of thought, okay, if he gets into the tournament and has to play some bigger guys, a little more athletics, he's going to be able to compete. I think he had 30 or 32 last game against Oklahoma. RJ Mannix, a legit player from the big 12. So clearly he has game. So I was, you know, Gonzaga looks great, but I just had a feeling that Baylor kind of the way their momentum was positioned. They've been beat up throughout the season because of COVID I thought that the Big 12 has been the best conference in the country all year. They've been the most enjoyable to watch. Big 10 close behind that. But unfortunately, as we saw, the Big 10 did not do well in the first two rounds. And I really think that's a- the, the SEC. I think oh. the SEC was a solid conference all year, too. And we, we saw that with Bama still and LSU. Absolutely. Yeah, LSU. I had LSU taking Michigan down. I That was an awesome game. I was uh, – Jawan Howard coaches bought off that game. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it was a, that was a great one. Oh. Um, I really think that the Big Ten, though, was at a disadvantage because they had been in that Indianapolis bubble for an extra week. And I really think just being ourselves college guys, I'm sure for those guys being stuck in that very, very isolated type environment for that long, no travel, everything, I think that that may have made some of these Big Ten teams sluggish. And I think that's why they struggled in the opening weekend. That's the insider information that I didn't have filling out my bracket that our listeners could have had had we done the show a exactly. week ago. Like, I had no idea. I didn't realize well, that. That makes so much sense. Brackets, exactly, the uh, second chance brackets. But, yeah, I have Gonzaga. I picked them even before I knew that Tim A was rocking that sick handlebar mustache. Oh, he's awesome. Which his mom his told mom, me he has to shoot. I was about to bring right? that up. Yeah. You can't do yeah. that. Uh, he's got to ride it out. And, yeah, like, I, I took Gonzaga. I'll get into who else. Like, we can get into what we got wrong because I surely have some of those for this. But um, I did just take Gonzaga because I like the story of a, a, an undefeated team for a full season. I mean, in this year especially, which is just wacky as hell, uh, I think it's been 50 years. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, since there's been a full undefeated team start to finish. And that will be dope to see that this year with college basketball finally coming back. But – I don't know, that's my you know cop out for taking the best team in the nation as my champion. No, but, but, coach <laughs> no, but yeah, there's a reason why you're taking you know, it. He's yeah. a great coach, a great right. college coach. This is best absolutely. Team. Exactly. Yeah. This is his best team. You have how do you say Tom Time? I'm saying Timmy. Tim I think it's Timmy. Timmy, right? we'll go with Timmy. We'll go with Timmy. I like it. Timmy. It's not Timmy. Tim I don't know. No, yeah, we'll like um, no, he's been awesome. <laughs> like we were saying, like his handlebar mustache is everything. Yeah. He looks like he's been bred playing basketball in like trailer parks yeah it's incredible key. yeah i love it like yeah. he slugs mountain dew instead yeah. of gatorade yeah 
he's a slugger. And then there's Jalen Suggs. You could have gone for some kind of pun there, but he's a beast, as you mentioned. And I mean, as a whole, this the guy I have from Florida, who I should have done the research beforehand, but the transfer from Florida is incredible. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Jordan Kispert. Kispert. He's the yeah. He's amazing. Kispert has a game where he hit like eight threes in a row, and it was like Clay Thompson esque. And I I just haven't seen like that in the college level for like a fourth option on a team. And I I think uh, I'll look it up as we go, but I think it's Nebard is the name or something like that. I'll figure it out. But the the shooting guard from Florida is awesome too. It's just a complete team. So Gonzaga totally makes sense. But Baylor, other than that loss to Kansas, and I think they might have had one right after. Otherwise, they've been unstoppable this year and maybe the most complete team. So if you want to talk about them and why you took them, yeah. Yeah, I took them. I uh, My philosophy when it comes to the tournament is uh, guard play is essential. And having guards that, you know, the, these late-game situations that can control the tempo – and can score when you need to is so important. And as I'm sure you guys saw in the opening weekend, the teams that didn't have multiple scoring threats, the Ohio State, there's a reason why Ohio State went down so early. When your scoring is a little more singular from you know a very small select group of players, you can get in trouble. The thing about Baylor that's so amazing to me is just they have so many of these players. Every single player on the floor can score. They have this uh, the kid Matthew My- Mayer Meyer awesome. uh, yeah. is playing off the charts. Yep. He's playing amazing. Their you know their backcourt is obviously awesome. Great. You wouldn't expect anything less kind of from Baylor. They're known as having that this year. But I think the uh, I- I'm obviously going to botch his name, but it's like uh, Chachua or T- Techuacha. I don't. You guys have <laughs> probably seen him. He yeah. is an absolute rocket. Six four, six five. And it just bullies guys in the paint and plays that kind of old school Isaiah Thomas type point guard, post up, defensive battle type play. And that to me, I just thought was going to carry them through the tournament because, you know, big men are great. But as we saw when Illinois went down, Coffee Coburn got tired really quick. He saw a lot of crazier verse screens. Uh, early shout out to Loyal Chicago. I thought they have been the team of the tournament so far. And I thought they were disrespected getting an eight seed. But the committee just wanted to have that inner Illinois, you know, big brother, little brother type fight. There's a lot of beef between Illinois and little Chicago because little Chicago can never get scheduled by them. And I think Porter Moser kind of told his guys, hey, like, I want to go knock them off. Like, Ayudasumo, you want to keep hosting like Kobe? Go play like Kobe. And unfortunately, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I really believe that um, Coffee Coburn's uh, just kind of lack of – endurance toward the yeah. end of the game killed them. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but yeah. they were running all these oh, reverse screens yeah. and amazing plays. And this little point guard reminded me of John Stockton. I'm like, this guy looks like one of us out there playing <laughs> yeah. around everyone. Like it was just an amazingly coached and well-executed game. And I'm blanking on the big center from all his name. My new favorite yes. Amazing. Just, and I love everything about this team. They're playing hard for each other, obviously. We're all good Catholic boys, CBA, BC, and Notre Dame. So we love Sister Jean. How could you bet against a sister on a Sunday? That's what I was telling everyone going into that game. And, and but, you know, I, you know, I forgot the Sister Jean magic from a couple of years ago. I forgot um, how this team fights, how they're coached, yeah. everything. And so going into that Illinois game, I really thought Illinois was going to prevent. I, I thought that they were one of the best teams going into this tournament. Yeah. They have great chemistry. They move the ball well. But no, Loyola Chicago, again, still surprising us every single time. And I can see them going on a run. I was filling out a 
Sweet 16 bracket today. Yeah. And I think I have them either going to the final four or the final. I don't think I put them in the final. Why not, though? But I, yeah. because I think I'd put Baylor. Fair but enough. yeah, and you look at their region right now, you know, they're playing, they're the favorite against right. Oregon State, who's obviously coming in hot. I don't think they've lost a game in a month and a half. Yeah. And then obviously you got to deal with Syracuse and Houston on the bottom of that bracket. We're both solid teams. Buddy Bayheim is, he's like playing, right. I, I keep saying he's playing for God. Like he's just, yeah. when I'm hearing all these stories of him, Growing up, you know, around the team, he used to come in and work out with them. Like, mm-hmm. just cry. He's talking about how he used to cry after their losses. Talking about that, uh, what was it, the seven overtime game with Johnny Flynn in the Big East tournament. Like all these old, like good memories. And the more I saw that, I it just really cemented me. Buddy Beheim is playing for something different, and for some reason, him and well, Beheim seems to do it all the time. I think I heard it was this morning or two mornings ago on first take that. Beheim has won more games as an underdog in the tournament than any coach by five games. So like, that's an amazing statistic. Obviously Beheim's one of the best to ever do it. And I think that father son connection is interesting and I'm excited to see them play Houston because they're a very, very well coached team by Kelvin Sampson. They run, they play hard. And I think they almost feel a little disrespected coming from a mid-major conference, you know, going up against an 11 seed kind of saying, Hey, wait, we where's our respect. So I'm, yeah. I think that that's kind of an underrated game to watch for in the next round this weekend. I think that's going to be an awesome game. And I also think, and I'm sure you guys would agree. I think USC Oregon is going to be insane. I don't know if you guys watched USC, yes. uh, but I was, the Mobley brothers have me. Yeah. I, I am on their train. Isaiah and Evan, awesome. I don't know which yeah. one I like more. Cause yeah. you know, Isaiah is, making step back threes, doing things that, you know, I was reading that a lot of people kind of didn't think he had that game. And then obviously his brother is just, when you look at him athletically and what he's able to do on the court, it's unbelievable. When they were playing against Kansas, David McCormick, it was big 12 improved player of the year. I think he was defensive player of the year. He's a legit, legit player. And he, and it was like, it was like me playing against a five-year-old. It was at times I was, I remember one time I was watching it and McCormick tried to box him out and Mobley just yammed it all over him. And yeah. that's when I knew I was like, this is hard to guard. If Kansas yeah. is like legit centers doing this. So I think USC, you know, they're going to be interesting to watch. Oregon's going to be tough. It's, you don't normally get that kind of in conference late in the tournament right. matchup like that, especially for a conference like the PAC 12, which, you know, as Bill Walton says, the conference of champions, I, I think that's know. an awesome matchup for them. And I would really love to see USC go up against Gonzaga in the Elite Eight because I think that could get really, really interesting. I could get because I don't think Tim A can go up against Mobley that well. So I, I would have to see how what kind of concoction of a defense Mark Few would cook up. But as you, Coleman, were saying earlier, Mark Few is one of the best around. And I really don't think he gets enough respect. People don't realize that guy has been offered money you couldn't even believe to go to other schools. Yeah. Ridiculous money. But he likes – he loves the program at Gonzaga. He loves the fishing. He loves the hunting. He loves the lifestyle. And I can't blame him for it. I remember I have a picture of me as a two-year-old when Gonzaga played Mammoth University at Mammoth and with Mark Few. And so I've always kind of followed Gonzaga, always been a fan. And, you know, I, I really, we've talked about him a lot already, but I just, I'm high on them. Obviously everyone is, but I just, I hope that 
they can kind of outrun that stereotype that's been thrown on them of just being constantly overrated. Cause I really think that's a pretty harsh generalization, especially for a team that, you know, could have won in the finals, could have won in the final four so many times at this point. And it's just, I would love for there to be a little more respect toward Mark view outside of, you know, the basketballaholics such as us. Yeah, I wish yeah. there's a little more mainstream love for him because it stinks. You know, Jalen Suggs is obviously well-known, but this guy could have been winning the national title at Ohio state. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could have been at Alabama playing football this year. And instead he decided to play hoop, go with Mark few and try to create this perfect season. And, you know, they're on an interesting track to do it, but it's not going to be an easy road for them because they're going to either have to play the winner of USC or Oregon. And then I think that bottom bracket they have to play, I, you know, either Michigan, FSU, or Alabama, most likely, unless UCLA upsets them. All three of those teams are legit. Um, so speaking of respect, two things come to mind. First of all, the undefeated Pac-12 in this tournament, 8-0, as we, we mentioned UC, uh, USC, excuse me, UCLA a little bit, Oregon and Oregon State. Oregon State was ranked 12th preseason in their conference, let alone goes yeah. on the run that you mentioned, wins the entire thing. They're a 12 seed here. They haven't lost still, which is just incredible. I didn't buy into them at all, and look at me now. But very impressive. Evan Mobley, as you said, um, sometimes you're told not to go with the player and more so with the team, you know, and when you're filling out a bracket. I took Cade Cunningham, and I regret that already with Oklahoma State. We'll probably get to that in a bit. But Evan Mobley was another I rode over Kansas, and there we go. There's something. But most of all, before we continue the Sweet 16, I want to go all the way back to the first four. Because we haven't brought up your team, Michigan State, and the lack of respect they got being an 11 play-in against UCLA, who we just mentioned. So take us through that, because I'm sure you're rooting for them. Probably had the 11 seed winning before you even knew who was getting through, but yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I had the 11 seed winning before I knew who was going through. I was uh, intrigued by that matchup. Unfortunately, maybe not unfortunately, may not be the right word, but I really think this year the NCAA decided to create a lot of blockbuster matchups early because they really didn't know what was going to happen down the line. And they, and you know, smart on them for that. I think, you know, Michigan States was playing in arguably the best conference in the country dealt with COVID issues was very hot playing well, but you know, you got to go prove it. So I didn't have a problem with them being put in the first four. I I'm very much on the side of if you win your conference at large, you should not have to deal with a, first four game you know you you punched your ticket you should get that legit matchup in the big dance so I wasn't terribly opposed that UCLA and Michigan State were playing in that first four but I think it was just kind of a tough draw for Michigan State because I think that the committee definitely gave them a legit matchup in UCLA and as you saw you know Michigan State had a pretty decent control of that game in the first half Izzo and uh I forget which player it was kind of had a you know, oh, Izzo type altercation running oh, into the locker room. Yeah. So who knows how that affected things. Unfortunately, I felt like they just came out pretty disconnected in the second half. And I think that's kind of what killed them. I don't know if that had anything to do with the Izzo spat or what, but you know, Mick Cronin's coached this team really well. He's obviously a legit coach, a bulldog. We remember him when he was trying to fight Chris Mack and when he was <laughs> at Cincinnati and Xavier in the good old days when they're screaming at each other, they've been rivals since they were in high school. So who doesn't love that type of story? But yeah, I was, you know, a little upset that they lost, but I think my philosophy is if you're good enough to be there, you should win the game. So. Yeah. 
Oh, that's very true. That quickly, the uh, the rivals in high school maybe think of you guys maybe coaching some girls call uh, oh. girls high school basketball. In we, have to, we have to run it back. That's just that's just what. That's, that's the dream. Great. That's the dream. That is the dream. <laughs> I know that's been the card for a while. Well, yeah. it's it's it is premier high school girls basketball. It is. Found I mean, oh, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, the short Ooh. conference is the best conference in the country for girls basketball. For you yeah. can't you, you can't deny that you really can't even you know in the years that are they're down they're still getting girls like destiny adams is going to unc uh i think yeah. madison say rose is going to princeton there's just awesome girls all around well, and it's are, great yeah little shout out to our friend faith masonis for her run in currently maryland just smacked alabama in the women's wow which Alabama had this great girl, Jordan Lewis, who scored, uh, I think, 33 in their, their opener. Uh, and Maryland played awesome, beat Alabama by 35. So that's my pick for the women's bracket. little oh, plug to women's basketball because I'm hoping they can win. But I would love to see them play UConn uh, in the final four because that would be fun. Eight buckets, yeah. Did you make a bracket for the women's? Because mine's been better. I made one, and it's been better than all my men's brackets already. I don't. Know. I didn't make a bracket for the women's, to be honest with you, just because I didn't know enough about like the further back teams. I didn't want to be disrespectful to a lot of these teams, but I'm definitely I'm pulling hard for Maryland, and I'm also you know Baylor if they can do well too. I just want to see. I want to see someone take uh, UConn the distance because this freshman they have is legit, and obviously it's UConn. What do you expect? But. I would like to see someone go at them. Now, one thing I will say is, is my Notre Dame women's girls, they got robbed. They should have been an at-large bid, and they were not selected for the tournament, even though DePaul was selected over them, who was two seeds lower than them in the uh, final rankings So right. uh, at the end of the ACC tournament. So, oh you know, God. interesting, you know, the way the politics work out and all that, but my I, the Notre Dame women's team is making a uh, – rise back i can tell you that coach neil ivy has them in the right direction is dara there now she is yeah dara had a dara had an awesome season you know i saw her yesterday she's been yeah she's been having a good time obviously she's a workhorse so she has been putting in her work hard but i'm excited for next year for her senior campaign because she'll be uh going for bodies yeah no, definitely. No question there. So let's now get to some of the takes that maybe didn't play out the way that we expected in terms of our brackets. So, Coleman, we didn't even ask you who you took in your main bracket. Oh, well, so two teams that are still in it now that I was uh, favorable of early on, um, Alabama yeah. and Oral Roberts. I, uh, you no, were, you no, were, you were. I am going were. to defend it because you, I you took were. them in my bracket. I took them beating Florida. People said it was a hot take. No, it was. Oral Roberts was electric. I bought it on the name. I bought yeah, it on okay, the story okay, of okay, it okay, okay, okay. and the narrative because we needed that in March. I just it wanted to do it there. while you it was clearly there. So, yeah, yeah, but they it, it worked out for it. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. And I, they're I, still balling now. I had so, Ohio State, so I'm yeah. riding Oral, Oral Roberts. They're awesome. Uh, but Bama, I, I really <laughs> was high up on Bama, um, not just because of the name or anything stupid like Oral Roberts. But because I watched that SEC championship, LSU sure. and Bama, that was one of the best games of college basketball I'd seen all year. And maybe, I mean, I might be exaggerating because we haven't had uh, college basketball in like, a while. No, I completely agree. That was an amazing yeah. game. That incredible. game made me have so much more respect for the SEC, just seeing and what their high-level guys were doing. Exactly. Yeah. And, They're all and athletes. They're I, so athletic. I really went with the mentality that whoever won that game, I was going to ride far into the tournament. If you're coming off that game, 
you were going to have a hell of a lot of momentum. Oh, yeah. So I like Bama a lot. I liked LSU a lot, too, because of that game. But um, I knew that they would probably fall off. To the uh, one seed, I mean. Like, well, you can't yeah, get I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, like, the early on, yeah. I, was, I was high on LSU. I really – I took St. Bonaventure just because I love the Bonnies, and that did not play out the way that I had hoped, we'll say. Um, yeah, but, the Bonnies yeah. was probably the biggest um, – not surprised, but just like nah. the one team that so many people took that just because it, it, the eight and nines are always so weird. You just like everybody commits to one and it backfires every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I took, I'll, I'll just go through like my worst right now. Cause I look, I, my, my bracket, my best bracket is still in the 98th percentile. Right. But the max points left is a thousand. That's it. So I had Illinois in this one all the way. That didn't work. Yeah, um, no, sure. No. I don't know about that. Beating Gonzaga, that's all fine. But then I had, like, Drake in the Sweet 16. Just kind of loved them during the regular season. Obviously, they didn't even – they didn't make it out of the first round. So, there's that. Um, I don't know. I, Ohio State, obviously. Tennessee, I liked. Boom. I, it was tough. Call, like, w- walk me through maybe the take you had that hasn't played out. Yeah, so I would say the biggest take I had – I was very high on Colgate against Arkansas. Arkansas had been playing well for a while. Uh, Colgate – has Jordan Burns, who's been Patriot League Player of the Year, who has tournament experience. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I was high on them. They were, you know, I think they were number two in offensive efficiency, number three in defensive efficiency, number four in free throws made. Like every major statistical category they were pretty good in. So I rode with them in the first round against Arkansas. Unfortunately, they were just overpowered physically by Arkansas. And I don't know if that had to do with the fact that because of Patriot League rules, Colgate hadn't played any out-of-conference games. You know, you're playing a lot of these teams four or five times. That's a very odd season to have to deal with. So maybe that was a little bit of a stretch, but I rode with them pretty hard. Uh, and I'm trying to think who else. I did – I had Syracuse going uh, to the too. point they're at now. I, ha- I do have them losing to Houston, but I think that's going to be a great game. Yeah. And I almost wish after watching the first two rounds of the tournament, I kind of wish I had taken Syracuse. Uh, but yeah, I would say those are kind of the two big ones. I really didn't have any other like crazy, crazy upsets in the first round. Besides that, I kind of, the one thing I didn't do is is that I, I have, I had Villanova going to the point, uh, that they're at right now. I have them losing to Baylor, but I think that people really underestimated, uh, Jay Wright's coaching ability. You know, he's one of the best in the business, clearly two championships in the last what six years and obviously Gillespie going down I felt so bad you, you couldn't feel more for a guy who's a guy hasn't given more to a university than him maybe anywhere in the country right now so I felt bad for him but you know JRE's legit and they can move the ball well their defense is solid so I'm happy for Villanova that, that they were kind of able to avenge Colin Gillespie's injury yeah. to a point yeah. yeah, so let, let's kind of – I'd love to hear what you boys have for now for the Sweet sure. 16. What do you, what do you guys think the best matchup is? Let's, like, let's um, reset. You know, I don't – you know, I'm just going to look at the current slate without thinking yeah. of what yeah. I expect. Yeah. Look, I'm very excited for Michigan-Florida State. It's inside the bracket we haven't really talked about yet. I wasn't a huge buyer on Michigan. In fact, in my main bracket, I took Florida State here because I just always love the – the height and just the length as a whole of Florida State's team. It just reminds me of like Jonathan Isaac, who's now with the Magic in the NBA. It seems like they always have a team built like that. And Scotty Barnes has been great for them so far. Um, but I mean, Juwan Howard with Michigan has 
been fun. I know, like, you're, you're a Michigan State guy, but, it, like, it's cool to see a Fab Five member come back and coach. And oh, absolutely. So, I'm just excited to see that as a whole. I, I also love seeing Franz Wagner out there, or Wagner, excuse me, uh, Mo Wagner's brother. And Mo Wagner got traded today, which is interesting. But um, it's just kind of fun to see that again. It reminds me of the run when Mo Wagner was there. Um, I always kind of just love those throwbacks. And Gillespie kind of gave me the same, like, Arch Diakno vibe, but, like, it's just the same point guard. So, I felt bad for him as you did. So to see Nova still is good, but the, the matchup I want to highlight before I go on tangents here would be Michigan, Florida State. Yeah, I I think that at the start of the season, I also would have gone with Florida State in this matchup. Now, after having watched Michigan play, I think yeah. I'm leaning more towards Michigan. I think that the uh, the coaching of Howard is, is incredible. Um, I think that it's they're a team that consistently fights well late in the tournaments. I, I remember a couple of years ago, um, they made it to the final four on a year when they weren't expected to go far at all. I think this is another year like that where they really can make a push, um, even though they have been a one seat. You know, they haven't gotten the respect that Gonzaga or Baylor have had. Absolutely. And I think one thing that's been highlighted so far in all these teams that have advanced so far in the tournament is the teams that have something to play for that gives them an edge in this tournament. It really does. Because when you take in the psychological factor of being in this isolation and quarantine and the lifestyle, I, I do not, I would not want to be one of these guys on one of these teams living the life they got to live right now. It's, you know, you're basically living the life of a professional athlete when you're a college kid. And I think that Juwan Howard's kind of been able to get his team hyped up on his own kind of past performances and to kind of be like, hey guys, I was in this position, you know, 30 years ago. I know how good it feels to win. I know how bad it feels to lose. So here is what we got to do. And I think it's an amazing thing that obviously Juwan has such a great relationship with his fellow Fab Five members, but also a great relationship with his former coach, Steve Fisher, who I think is like top five, maybe, maybe top five to stretch, but top 10 best coaches in college basketball ever did it for a zillion years. I think he literally retired from San Diego state two years ago at 80. And I think having that in his back pocket for some extra, you know, guidance or strategy or whatever that may be is so helpful. And his Juwan's coaching staff, the guys that he surrounded himself with, I'm blanking on their names off the top of my head, but most of these guys were high level, former college player or former college coaches, excuse me. I believe that his head assistant was the former head coach at St. Joe's and he was at St. Joe's, I think for 30 years or something and decided to go after he retired last or two years ago to go with Juwan in Michigan. So they clearly have the coaching staff that's getting them organized and excited for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say that my, the game that I'm most excited for, and I think it's just because from kind of an intrigue factor is this Loyola Chicago, Oregon state game. Cause I really don't know what to expect. I'm very high on Loyola Chicago, as I've stated thus far on the pod, but Oregon State, you know, they haven't lost a game in, I think, a month and a half, you know, with all that momentum. And like I said, they're playing for something. They're a 12 seed. They feel disrespected. They were put at the bottom of their conference, and they're trying to prove it for everyone that they have it in the tank. But I think they're going up against a really good team. With And I really – and I've already said this, but I really think Porter Moser is one of the best coaches around right now. To be able to get two teams like this from a mid-major conference this far is amazing. And – He's been offered, I think I read somewhere that he was offered seven years, 21 million for St. John's and he turned it down. And I think, and I don't know if that's, you know, just based off loyalty, if he's trying to get a bigger job, but I think some big fish is going to try to scoop him up because he's a legit coach 
Because uh, to beat that Illinois team, not oh, an easy thing to do. I, I read that uh, since the tournament's obviously happening in uh, Indianapolis and Indiana currently without a coach, uh, people are saying, don't let them leave the state, at least without an offer from the Hoosiers. And I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Tremendous. Uh, obviously, with the help of Sister Jean's scouting report, I don't know if you guys saw that. It was all over uh, Twitter where she mentioned, like, Illinois makes about 50% of their layups and 30% of their Shit. threes. Our defense can take care of that. It's like, that's what you need yeah. from, you know, absolutely your, your extra coach, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah. What I, don't, I don't know what more you need to play for if you have a 102-year-old yeah. sister oh hyping you up. That, that would make me want to run through a wall right there. Oh, you don't need any more than that. So. <laughs> talk about something to play for. Exactly. Nothing more than that. But um, I, I'm excited for that. Oregon State feels like a team of destiny, um, like you said, trying to prove themselves as well. So I love that. I'm I got two games, and it, they're simultaneously the two teams that I had uh, liked going into the Sweet 16. I think the Alabama-UCLA game is going to be, be very interesting. Uh, UCLA having some of that momentum, I think that they can put up a better fight in this game than Syracuse will put up against Houston. Um, so I think it's going to be very close. But again, I think Bama is able to close it out take the win, and move on to the Elite Eight. On the other hand, Arkansas Oral Roberts. I think this game is going to be very yeah. close. I have a feeling that Arkansas is going to pull it out, and this is where the Oral Roberts streak ends. But who knows? This is the team that's been surprising us all tournament. Why not keep it going? Yeah, and who doesn't want to see Baylor go up against Oral Roberts? You know, oh, who yeah. doesn't want to watch that? Like, that that's must-see TV right there. Nothing against Arkansas, but – I, I am pulling for Oral Roberts myself oh, just because I think it would be, you know, David versus Goliath to say the least. Oh, to say, the, I mean, literally they're the, they're the David one though. <laughs> they're the, I know, think they're the like, second. Roberts, and we should know that. Be, uh, keeping this very, very interesting. Uh, I know it is. Second 15 seed since Florida Gulf Coast. I might be wrong to make it to the Sweet 16 in a very long time. So it's always. I think ever. Yeah. I think they're yeah. the only two ever, which You're is right. insane. That's... Yeah. So they... It's obviously great company to be in. Oh, totally. Uh, dude, Dunk City was one of my uh, favorite teams. It was a lot. No, no, Dunk City. Because Lob City, obviously. Lob City was. So Dunk yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. Dunk City was fun. What is your team? 2015? Florida Gulf Coast, like 14, 15. Were we in high school for that? Yeah. I think that might have been our freshman year. Yeah. Sophomore year. So, yeah, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Um, Other games we have, obviously, Syracuse Houston, you brought up Colin, and I'm excited for that. USC Oregon being the battle of Pac 12, finally have a team that needs to lose from that conference. That'll be exciting. That's the must watch. I think. Yeah. I, I yeah. Think said that. It, it is the yeah. must watch for that. Um, we haven't brought up Gonzaga Creighton. I slept on Creighton, to be honest. They have proven themselves coming out the Big East. And I mean, they made it to the Big East final, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, they lost a close one regardless of where it was. Um, and they, they're rolling since, but obviously Gonzaga, the uh, force there. What do you expect from that one, Tom? Yes. You know, I'm intrigued. I think Vegas has the line at Gonzaga minus 15. Um, I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. That must be one but of the it, 16. It is. I think it, is, it might be the biggest, actually. Um, uh, you know, Marcus Zigorowski is very good. He, he's had a very had a very good big East regular season. Obviously, Creighton dealt with some unfortunate comments from their coach that, you know, none of us are in that locker room and none of us are African-Americans. So we don't know how the response was to that, but I don't think it was good. Uh, but, you know, from a – from a team standpoint, I'm happy to see that it seems like they kind of, you know, relied on themselves and kind of came together as a group. And 
a lot of people were counting them out in that first match. I think a ton of analysts and ESPN people were saying Creighton's going down. I had Creighton getting to this point and I had UVA losing in the first round, but I was very, I almost had like a 12, 13 second round matchup. Like there was a lot of things going on there. Now I do think, I think Gonzaga's probably going to run all over him just because Creighton doesn't have the offense to keep up with that, unfortunately. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think if I was a gambling man, I'd say that Creighton, you know, will keep it within that 15, 16 points, but we'll see. That should be definitely an interesting matchup. I'm intrigued to see that just because I want to see if Gonzaga's putting the pedal to the metal. Because I think at this point in the tournament, there's no more Mr. Nice Guy. You need to beat every team by as many points as possible because I don't care what anyone says. All these guys playing are our age. If you're going up against a team that just beat their last opponent by 30, it's yeah. a much different mindset than going in against a team that won by a couple. So I think if Gonzaga can put the hammer down on Creighton, I don't think, you know, their next round matchup, you know, depending on which team it is, I really think USC and Oregon challenge Gonzaga in different ways. But, you know, we'll see how that matchup goes. I'm intrigued by that. No, for totally. sure. I I had UC Santa Barbara beating Creighton in the first round, so maybe that's one of the takes I should have brought up earlier in terms of. Uh, I, I think it just fell for like the guys on TNT were talking all about Santa Barbara being a team to watch out for. And to be honest, I hadn't watched a game of Santa Barbara going into the tournament. I looked them up, I bought in, and I was like Creighton. Like you mentioned, there's a little bit of off the court in the locker room issues, and they also didn't win the Big East, so why not? That didn't work out. But I, I agree with you. Um, I think if you can keep that momentum, you know, there's only four games left in the path for any one team to win it all. So if you can crush Creighton, who was ranked nationally at the end of the season, you know, that is a statement for a Pac-12 team that, you know, as we mentioned, one of them is going to come in here on a hot streak regardless. That conference as a whole has been doing that. But you come up against Gonzaga, who, to be honest, is better than any team in the Pac-12. They're the best team in the West by far. Uh, That's going to be a statement of intent for sure from that team. So, and as someone who picked Gonzaga and wants some silver lining for my bracket, I'm all for it. But uh, looking forward to that. I, I think the only game we really didn't highlight, but we talked about these teams already, is UCLA-Alabama. So Coleman likes Bama. UCLA is where our old athletic director Martin Jarmond is. And we, as Boston College fans, are looking at maybe the worst guest. Yeah, and former guest. He's a, he's a GOAT. But uh, he, he left before we could fix our basketball team and said we were in the uh, – the very bottom of the ACC this year, but you know, he's, he's having success over there. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. Do you, do you have any quick takes on that with Bama? No, I mean, it's, it's what I've been saying all night. I really like Bama. I think they, uh, they passed the ball around very well. I, I think that their shooting has been surprising and I think they crashed the boards effectively too. Oh, yeah. I, the way that they were rebounding against LSU in that SEC final was impressive because both teams have a lot of size too. Good point. And Bama, I'm blanking on the name. I'm going to look it up while I'm speaking here. But they have maybe the best eh, – I won't say the best shooter in the country because there are a lot of them. But um, Petty, uh, I need his first name, John Petty Jr., shoots the lights out. And he, it's been seen in the tournament. It's been seen before the tournament. And that's what I had noticed most about this team. Yet he's the third leading scorer on the team. They've got Quinter Lee, the jelly fan guy, Javon mm-hmm. Quinter, And they have Shackelford as well who's been leading the team. It's just like you mentioned earlier, Colin – Who's good with their uh, backcourt, excuse me, the best guards in the country? They have three of them, if you want to count Petty as one of them. So there you go. Coleman looking like the smart guy for taking them. Um, I think the final question for all three of us is, from where we are at now, we know the Sweet 16. We don't have to predict the national championship from here. We all have teams still in it right now. 
what's our final four looking like? And we'll go to the guests first. Tom, what are you thinking, you know, with these crazy matchups? What do you expect? Yeah. No, thanks for uh, letting me lead it off. So I think from the West region, uh, I like Gonzaga beating Creighton, and I like USC out of that Oregon matchup. I think that Gonzaga-USC game is going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be the biggest challenge Gonzaga's faced all year. But I think they're going to come out of it, and I think they're going to come out a better team for it. Uh, in the East region, I think Florida State's going to take down Michigan. I think experience is going to win that Leonard Hamilton has been coaching longer than Juwan Howard's been alive. Uh, no disrespect to Juwan, but I, I, you know, in Florida State's big, that's the thing that's underestimated about them. They're really big and Michigan's very good. But the one thing about their guards is that a lot of them are tiny. And, you know, when you're trying to drive the lane, if you get congested as a guard and you can't get those kind of like floater type, you know, up in the air shots, I'll call them. That's going to be hard. So I think Florida State's going to pull that out. And I'm with Coleman on Alabama. I'm high on Alabama as well. And I think Alabama's going to go to the final four out of there. Uh, absolutely. And then the South region, I think Baylor's going to walk through that. I really don't know what's going to happen with Arkansas Rural Roberts. I'm rooting as hard as I can for Rural Roberts. I want to see them play Baylor. and Let's see all the madness. But after seeing what Baylor did to Wisconsin, uh, that team's scary. Yeah. Like coming out hot like that, that was scary. And then in the most intriguing region yeah. in the oh, Midwest. So I'm going with our girl sister, Jean, in Loyal Chicago. I think they're going to do it again. It's, you know, I also think Jim Beheim might make me eat my words because he's done that to me a million times in the past. Every time I count Syracuse out, yeah. they come out of nowhere, rise like the Phoenix, as they say. Yeah. So I think that's definitely the region I want to watch the most. The Midwest just saying there's a ton of intriguing matchups there. And whatever team comes out of that region is going to have an awesome storyline. But yeah, that's my final four: Gonzaga, Baylor, Bama, and Loyal Chicago. So what do you what do you boys got? Because mine is the exact same thing. I fully agree with you. I think that Loyal Chicago is going to come out of that Midwest region if they can beat Oregon State. I mean, it's going to be a good matchup there. Um, but if Syracuse beats Houston, I think Loyola takes it. If it's Houston Loyola, it's a bit of an interesting game, or it can be completely flipped. And it could be that Oregon State Houston matchup, and who knows wow. what happens. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's um, the that's kind of the one that no one I think is expecting, and no. it's very probable. And it seems like what will happen because this is how it always happens. Um, for now, I'll say Loyola Chicago. I agree. Um, yeah, Baylor is literally just going to bounce through that entire side of the bracket. Um, Nova, I don't see there being a problem. Uh, Oral Roberts or Arkansas. Again, we want that David and Goliath ba battle. Um, so exactly that, but I think Bailey takes it. Uh, Gonzaga, like I said, they, they're legit. They, I think yeah. that they're well-coached. There is no reason why they should not come out of this tournament winning. I fully believe that they are the best team here. And then Bama. I'm high on Bama. I think that if they take down UCLA, it's going to be a tougher game uh, than some of the stretches they've had. And I just think whoever comes out of Michigan, Florida State is going to lose that next game. Neither yeah. of them are really standing out to me as being Final Four ready, um, but Bama can be that. All right, well, who would have thought that taking the chalk would be the contrarian on this show? But I'm going to stick at least at the two picks I have left, which is Gonzaga, obviously. we, you know, I'm not going to take my time in. And Florida State. I'm going to take Florida State out of the East. Uh, I do think their length is going to stifle Michigan, as Colin mentioned. And the same way with Alabama. If Alabama is trying to stretch and shoot threes, what team's going to lock them down best? And these athletic, tall wings who can stretch and block without 
also, or excuse me, with still having the mobility to that'll be know, a good game. Get this around the court. Be a great game. Great as game. long as they get there. I think if Michigan beats Florida State, that legitimizes them to the point that I think they can beat Bama. In my opinion, Florida State's gonna be tougher for them as a team. And uh, a phrase that I loved, Colin, is is beating them. What was it? Being the better team and becoming a better team because of it, or they are the better team. You said something about Gonzaga, and I love. Yeah, that. I said that. I think that you know, I think beating USC is going to make right. them a better team. Like, better you, team. You, you, you need that kind of test in the tournament. Exactly. You need that, and this is the time this weekend. Those Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight games. Exactly. You know, you you've got your sea legs under you. As I'll put it, you know, after the first weekend, there's no more kind of crazy upset type thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's proven, and right. you're absolutely right. I I agree with you that I think that's going to you know hopefully put Gonzaga over the, over the hump. But you know, these Mo- the Mobley brothers could take Gonzaga down. And I know. See, there's a lot. I'm, intri- I'm very excited as a basketball fan to watch these games. No question. Every single game we've talked about so far is intriguing. Everything, every single Sweet 16 game has some kind of intrigue. There's no question. Evan Mobley probably gonna be the number two overall pick in the NBA draft. We haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, honestly, a team could take him over Cade depending on need too. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. okay. Um, so anyway, I'll stick with Gonzaga. What I'm saying is if Michigan beats Florida State, they become a better team because of that win, similar to what you were saying with Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. But I'll stick with Florida State here because I want to stay with the two picks I had already. Baylor, I got to go with. I think if Arkansas beats Oral Roberts, they actually are a fun matchup there. Another team with speed That's and athleticism. Team, but if Oral Roberts wins, we've never, ever seen a one versus 15 before. And Oral Roberts coming out way hotter than any 16 seed has in their life. I love that. So David and Goliath, I'd love to see. I'll go Baylor with you guys here. I, I don't want to be crazy with this pick, but there are a ton of possibilities. Don't count out Jay Wright. I've done that once already. Yeah. You know, they could pull yeah. off the upset even with a weakened team. I love Jeremiah uh, Robinson Earl on that team. Finally, Midwest, I'm going to take the chalk and go Houston. So I, I, I like the Cougars. I think they're a fun team. Honestly, some people call them boring in, in how they play the game yet they're just so good and blow out teams more than like normal, you know, like I think yeah. half their games were double digit wins or more, maybe like 15 plus point. It was some crazy stat that I wish I had for you guys. Regardless, I want to ride them there. It obviously comes down to them beating Syracuse and then Loyola Chicago, I think gets out of the Oregon state game, unless really, like I said, the Beavers could be a team of destiny. Who knows? But I, I like Houston here. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be I, I love that. Sure. It's We've definitely going to be a lot more yeah, fun. Some different takes, up. and who knows, other than uh, we'll see if Gonzaga can keep it going. But that still seems like the one safe pick out of everything here. But I don't know. Um, this has been a blast, Colin. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a minute, way too long. Way uh, too any long. final remarks about the tournament, maybe something else to look forward to, whatever, before you say goodbye? Uh, yeah, I would say we definitely have summer 2021 to look forward to, uh, yes, to get the band back together, as they say, since COVID's throwing that off. But no, I just want to thank you both for letting me be on this. Uh, I'm so happy when you guys reached out to me and this has definitely been a great experience and, you know, I'm interested to see where all of our picks go, because, you know, if we had done this podcast a week ago, we would all be, you know, Chewing on our words a little bit, yeah. not, you know, so it's going to be interesting. You know, when Oregon state goes to the final four, we're all going to be laughing or something, or if USC beats Gonzaga, we're all going to be laughing. But it's we'll see. That, uh, it's going to be that Oregon state, um, whatever match. Oral Roberts. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> In the final four. It no, could happen. Oregon state, uh, 
Syracuse? Syracuse. In the in the in the Elite Eight? No one knows that. That would be a fun one. Or Oregon State Houston. No one knows. No one knows. 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 I I don't. But that's the beauty of the tournament. I think we did this last week. Uh, I'm kind of happy we're doing it now. We kind of know what happened, and we still don't know what's going to happen later. But it's been fun. And, Colin, if you're available, maybe next month we can do a little tournament recap and look forward to some other sport. I would love to. I would love to. I would love to. We can pencil you in for sure. But uh, otherwise, it has been a blast, sir. It was so great to see you again. And uh, have a great rest of the semester. We'll catch up soon and enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the madness. Same to you both. Thank you very much. No problem. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Touching